Hey besties, welcome or welcome back to my podcast and welcome to 2022. I am actually recording this podcast on January 1st. So if you listen to my previous podcast about my fave books and authors at 20, then you know that in the title I indicated and even within the podcast as I, rec- as I was recording, I said that there was going to be a part two. That's still the case, but this uh, year ends reflection will be out before part two of my previous podcast I really thought that I'd be able to record two podcasts in one week I was feeling overly ambitious because that was not the case I am already recording this podcast two days after I intended to record it which is completely fine because my goal is to have my podcast up um each and every Monday so we're good we're, we're good on time it's Saturday so we have two whole days before this podcast need to be up so with that being said I'm going to jump right into our podcast traditions all right so how am i feeling so i am feeling pretty good i feel like it's it's pretty early in the day um it's only 11 30 in the morning and i haven't done too much talking yet i finished up my year in reflection earlier today because i started it on the let me think the 30th and there were a few things that i had to fill in that i didn't get a chance to do yesterday because it was a pretty busy day but I did it this morning, um, so I'm feeling pretty good, and yeah, I mean, after completing that reflection, which I'll talk about in a little bit, um, it really uplifted my spirits, but I'm chilling otherwise. So how has my week been? So highlights and challenges of my week. So some highlights of my week. Let me think about that. Ooh, okay, so I don't know if you guys know this, um, but I have a YouTube channel. If you didn't know, now you know. Um, it's Tashiana Phoenix. Um, It's actually always linked in the show notes, so please feel free to check me out on YouTube. I record lifestyle vlogs, college vlogs, things in that nature, so it's all vlog-based. I love vlogs. I love watching vlogs. I love creating vlogs. So yeah, that's me. And so Kiasta and I were able to upload three vlogs this past week from the fall semester. We're going to be uploading some more within the next week. So that's a huge highlight and success of this week, and they look so, so good. So that's super exciting. Um, other highlights of my week. Ooh, okay. I finished, um, the book I was talking about in my previous podcast. So every last word. And when I recorded that podcast, I mentioned how the book wasn't going that well. Like it was okay. Um, I was like 150 pages in, but I'm like, you know, I don't know if this book is really for me. But when I say there was a huge plot twist towards the end of the novel that really made it worthwhile and I see why um, it was recommended to read it, it was honestly such a good book. Um, And so, yeah, I guess that also goes to like my current faves at the moment, but that's okay. (laughs) That was a success finishing another book that I really enjoyed by the end of it. And I started a new book. So it's called The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, uh, which is something you may have heard of. I think it's a pretty popular book and it was recommended by my fave, Mary Stevens, and also such a good read. I am about 100 pages into it and I think it's a 400 page book. Really, really enjoy it. Um, it's essentially about this um, this woman. She's a Cuban woman actually, but when she became famous in Hollywood, she changed her last name so to Hugo. She dyed her hair blonde and even though she had like a relatively darker complexion, um, I for the most part, I think the idea was to brand her as like this white blonde girl. Um, and she had a very difficult life growing up, but then she eventually made it out and went to Hollywood and she was a hustler, if I'm being honest. And so she's having this journalist. So the woman, Evelyn Hugo, she's now, um, in her seventies, I believe. And she's having this woman who's a journalist write her story essentially. And she's talking all about her experiences with her seven husbands that, um, she, have throughout her life throughout her lifetime and I'm currently on her second husband in that story and yeah it's just it's really it's a really good book to read I'm really enjoying it so I recommend that um if you're looking for some new reads other highlights of the past week um yesterday was fun so yesterday was obviously New Year's Eve I didn't do too much you know we the Omicron variant really messed up my initial plans which was to hang out with my sister's friends family um, on New Year's Eve and celebrate bringing the New Year's with them. That didn't happen, which is completely fine. So instead, we got dinner, and then we saw a movie, and it was called A Journal for Jordan, which is also a current fave of mine. It was such a good movie. It was actually a romance movie, and y'all know I love me a good romance moment, romance movie, romance novels, romance quotes, 
all that good stuff so that was a good one um so it's actually based on a true story and it just came out on christmas day i believe um and essentially it's about uh these two lovers a man and a woman black lovers at that and um the man he is in the army or military i always get confused with like the army the military the navy he's a soldier <laughs> he is an american soldier let's simplify it like that and he falls in love with and she falls in love with him and it's basically about their life story and i don't want to give too much of the movie away but essentially the woman she gives him a journal and she tells him because they become pregnant she tells him write out your life story let your son know that you love him and pass down your wisdom to him and so the movie essentially it's composed of various flashbacks and also um present day moments it was just a good movie it was definitely emotional and you know after watching that i'm like you know what i think i want to be in love for a little bit <laughs> It was such a good one. It was definitely one of those feel-good movies, emotional movies. It was just good overall. Um, I'm trying to think. I think those are most of my highlights for this past week. Oh, I got a haircut, which is always nice. I want. I love getting a haircut. I got my eyebrows waxed after forever, so I look like a baddie. So that's nice. And then challenges of the past week. Man, I can't really. Challenges of the past week. I don't think I've had any challenges or like any new challenges per se. Um, I'm adjusting a little bit better to being home. I have been feeling the stress with my week and a half winter break coming to an end because classes start back up on Monday and I have two weeks left of the semester and then one week of finals. And so just the stress of that has definitely been weighing down on me a bit but I have been catching up in math and I am on the third lecture that I miss and I'll be watching that lecture sometime after recording this podcast but I want to do this first because I like podcasting more than I like doing homework for school <laughs> obviously um so I think that's been a challenge just trying to get myself mentally ready to end off this semester and end it off strong but also just like not knowing what my grades are going to look like in physics and math is definitely a stressor of mine because I really am trying my best. And my motto is that as long as I put my best foot forward and I try my best and my best still isn't good enough by the standards and measures of other people, I don't care as long as I try my best. But at the same time, I do not want to see on my transcript. I will not have a C on my transcript. I can live with a B minus. Don't want it. I would much rather, I would much rather have a B average and higher but I can live with a B minus. A C, I will cry. I will definitely cry my heart out. Be very disappointed. Not really in myself per se. I won't even be disappointed in myself. I'd just be really frustrated. Um, <clears throat> because there's no way that one should work this hard and get a C in a class. But we move. Um, I have weeks before final grades are even out. I have exams to take, um, homework assignments to turn in. And I'm going to put my best foot forward, but that's still definitely a challenge of mine. And I basically already talked about talked about my faves of this past week, them being the movie I just watched and the book that I finished and the book that I am currently reading. So with that, let's get into this podcast. So I started doing year in reflections or it's just some type of new year reflection since I want to say either 2017 or 2018 basically when I first purchased my journal which I started journaling back in high school I would do some sort of reflection I think over the years they've become much more in depth much more intentional and meaningful to me and I really really enjoyed the way that I reflected last year and I'm going to talk more about that but essentially the way that I did my reflection last year is I um I used this book and it uh, it's called Reinventing the Body, Resurrecting the Soul by Dr. Deepak Chopra. And I randomly turned to three pages in the book and I put my finger on a random paragraph and I copied down that paragraph in my journal, in my digital journal anyway. And I kind of reflected on those paragraphs and I asked myself, okay, what does this mean for me going into the new year? How can I apply these seemingly random pages and paragraphs that I think were very intentional and you know I called on higher powers to really lead me and guide me to the pages of those books that I would need to hear the most and that would inform my year the most and I thought it was a really cool practice and it was completely random I don't recall um being 
influenced by anyone to do that. It was just an idea that I got to that I had and I applied it. So I did that and then I identified successes and challenges of the year and then I just um, did like a reflection looking forward. So I basically did the same exact thing this year and I want to share with y'all what it looked like for me last year and specifically thinking about the three quotes slash phrases um, that I copied down last year and thinking more about them. So let's start there. Okay, so here they are. The first one is I was experiencing what they call racing anxiety. My mind whirled with images of all the horrible ways my life could go wrong. That's the first one. The second one, the problem is that just as energy can get stuck in unhealthy patterns, so can awareness, which is why so-called emotional eaters have been conditioned to respond in exactly the opposite of the normal response. They overeat in times of grief, depression, and worry. Your body needs you to master how awareness works. And then lastly, the whole scheme is self-organizing. It holds that nothing has a beginning or an end. The universe, it's like the ocean as a whole, breathing in and out, sending up waves that fall back again into the wholeness. Not, no event is separate. So y'all, when I reviewed these excerpts from this book, they hit me so deep. For one, the racing anxiety part of things. As y'all know, or maybe you don't know, now you know, I do experience anxiety. And it was so ironic because I think the day that I started this reflection, I had been experiencing racing anxiety, just so many thoughts all at once. And it's so debilitating and it makes it difficult to function because all you're doing is focusing on those thoughts. And I was having trouble doing my morning routine, which consists of a five minute meditation, journaling, eating a granola bar or fruit, doing my morning stretches. Um, and then I'll, well, that, that, that's, that marks the end of my, um, morning routine. And I was having so much trouble. Oh, and listening to a podcast. I know I was missing one thing. I was having so much trouble meditating my mind just would not focus at all I was having trouble listening to my podcast like I heard the words but I couldn't make sense of what was being said to me because my thoughts were just all over the place and it was just so ironic that the very first quote that was going to inform my 2021 was about racing anxiety and being mindful of it and being mindful of the fact that sometimes not sometimes in many ways I always think about the worst that could happen and how I could combat that, how I can solve these problems, these problems that haven't even occurred that aren't real. Um, I read the statistics somewhere and I'm going to butcher it. So I'm not going to put a number to the statistic, but essentially over 90%, I just put a number to it, but that's okay. I'm not going to put a specific number to it. Over 90% of the thoughts that we think don't ever come true. And it hit me so deep to read that. And I really try to remind myself of that when I do have racing anxiety and specifically when I am having negative thoughts and thinking about all of the ways in which things could go wrong and how I have to try and solve these issues and remind myself that this isn't my reality and most of these things will never ever come true Tosh um so that was pretty ironic and then also when I identified these quotes I identified a word of the year it being self-organizing and um just for me it was like reminding myself of the things that would happen throughout 2021 and the ways that the the ways that everything would unfold and how no event that I would have experienced last year um was separate and once again I really it hit me deep because as y'all know, 2021 was the year that I dropped being pre-med. Some of my values shifted. I just experienced a ton of things that I'm going to talk more about later when I talk about my successes and challenges. I just don't want to get ahead of myself too much yet. But overall, everything was, um, things were definitely working out for my good. Everything was self-organizing and everything was interrelated without a doubt. And the things and experiences that I had over this past year or back in 2021 all led me to the person that I was by the end of the year and the person that I am today on January 1st, 2022. 
And then the second quote, which had to do with being an emotional eater. So I definitely am an emotional eater and I don't know much about eating disorders. I do have friends with eating disorders and um, we talk about it. We more so talk about the ways that their eating disorders manifest in their lives and how it affects them. And I, I realized that I'm going to bring this up to my therapist and I talk with her next week, hopefully. Um, you know, I don't want to put any labels on myself, especially when it comes to disorders, because those are things that need to be diagnosed by a healthcare provider who is trained in these topics. But I am definitely an emotional eater, an unrestrained eater, and um, I could be a binge eater at times. And the guilt that I experience around it isn't healthy at all. And just being an emotional eater isn't healthy at all. And I've been this way for quite some time now. And, you know, eating disorders isn't something that I grew up knowing about at all. Um, The only thing that I was really aware of when it came to eating habits and weight um was thinking about people who are obese or people with um or just people who are bigger um and so because of that me being a person who isn't obese and is pretty slim or on the smaller side I mean I'm kind of thick but um I'm not an obese person by any means and so I would have never really put myself into like an eating disorder category or as a person who could be on the brink of having an eating disorder um so yeah I I really do want to even though this was something that was to inform my 2021 it can inform my future it can inform who I am today because I am still an unrestrained eater an emotional eater and I sometimes cannot control myself when it comes to food at all so I'm going to bring that up to my therapist um But again, it was just very fitting for who I am. And that's how I knew that this exercise worked so well for me. So now that I kind of gave y'all a glimpse into what I did last year, I'm going to go into detail about what I did this year. And I did the same thing, but this time I used two different books and books that are more in alignment with my identity as a black person, as a black woman. So I called out to the ancestors to really help me identify Uh, three other parts of my life to focus on for 2022 and forever honestly until um, I feel like I'm in a place where I no longer have to put them at the forefront of my mind so I used a book called Black and Buddhist which was edited by Pamela Ayo Utende and Cheryl A. Giles and then Sisters of the Yale by Bell Hooks. So I'm actually going to talk more about these books in my podcast following this one because Bell Hooks is one of my faves that I'm going to mention when I talk about my favorite authors and books. And then Black and Buddhist is a book that I read last year in 2021 that I'm going to talk more about because both books and Bell Hooks um, are really, really important um, figures and things in my life. But with that being said, I found one part from Black and Buddhist to focus on and then two parts from Sisters of the Young to focus on. The first one, <laughs> again, y'all, this exercise works so well for me and it's it's just so crazy how, I don't know, just how things work. But, okay, let me read the quote. Again, this is from Black and Buddhist. And also I used a random number generator on Google to help me figure out the page number to go to as well as the paragraph to focus on but it reads but one of the slaves remembered the ancient words that were a dark promise the words that would allow the slaves to fly again seeing one after another of his people falling from the heat in the brutal forced labor he raised his arms out to them and cried out kum kaka yali kum tambe there was a great outcrying the bent back straightened up Old and young who were called slaves and could fly join hands. Say like they would ring sing, they rose on air. They flew in a flock that was black against the heavenly blue. Black crows or black shadows, it didn't matter. They went so high, way above the plantation, way over the slavery land. Say they flew away to freedom. 
Y'all, I was on the brink of tears after reading this because freedom has been on my mind so much over the course of these past few months. It's something that I experienced when I made my academic and career shift earlier or back in 2021. And it's one of my core values now. And to turn to a quote that talked about flying away so high and being free hit me so deep. And I just know that freedom is going to inform this year too. And I think this idea of flying away and being free until I really feel free will be something that will always be a part of me, I suppose. It'll always be informing the decisions that I make when it comes to school, when it comes to work, when it comes to relationships in my life. I'm always going to ask myself, will this decision make me feel free, freer, or will it be or will I be able to maintain the freedom that I currently feel? And if the answer is no, then I got to find a way to disengage with whatever it is that makes me feel like I'm not free anymore. And so I will be flying this year and I will access a whole other level of freedom this year. Um, I am flying to freedom forever and always. Okay, so the next two um, excerpts are from Bell Hooks's Sisters of the Yam. The first one reads, when I opened my tattered, tattered or tatered copy of the Salt Eaters today, I found these words written in pencil on the back cover. They were spoken to me by a student seeking recovery. Healing occurs through testimony, through gathering together everything available to you and reconciling. This book is about reconciliation. It is meant to serve as a map, charting a journey that can lead us back to that place dark and deep within us, where we were first known and loved, where the arms that held us hold us still. And when I initially read this, it was uh, it was very much ambiguous to me. Um, I had to think a little bit about, okay, Hooks, what are you trying to tell me? Um, how can I apply this quote in my life starting today and throughout this year? And I decided to focus on the healing aspects of this excerpt from her book, as well as um, this idea of reconciling with my past. Um, and so essentially what I kind of journaled about was, in order for in order for myself to heal and to continue healing i must really talk about the things that have harmed me and i have to be honest about those things um you know when one gives their testimony it's kind of given like your origin story and you're talking more about you're focusing on a specific challenge in your life and you're talking about how you overcame that challenge and it can be really hard to dig deep within yourself when you are healing yourself to dig deep back into your childhood and to dig deep into those dark places because it feels like when you're finally out of those dark places you want nothing more else but to continue to run away from those dark places and to never feel that way again that's how I felt and you know I um I mentioned this in a previous podcast but like things were hard for me growing up mentally and I just recently have felt like I have been experiencing the same feelings that I felt in high school today and it was it, it was and it is very scary for me which is why um like after reading this quote and reflecting on it and even reflecting on it now this is now just coming to me as I am doing another reflection um I am not completely healed from the things that I experienced growing up and um even when I'm in denial about things, or I don't want to talk about things because I tell myself, you know, there's no way that I'm feeling X way because of Z thing that happened when I was 13 years old. But I really do have to speak loud and clear and firm about those things, about those experiences, about the people that were in my life, that are in my life, and I have to reconcile with them. And through that reconciliation process, I will be able to be at peace and I will be able to be whole and I will be able to heal and continue healing and really move forward and um, continue to be the person that I am, the person that I am becoming. But I think that Hooks was reminding me that um, I am healing and I'm healing from all sorts of things and that those things will come up time and time again, whether I like it or not. 
and that's just the way that things go and then the final quote again i was wondering i'm like hooks dr hooks what are you trying to tell me here um but i'm gonna read it so it goes we lived a happy comfortable life to be right out of slavery times i didn't know nothing else but the farm so was happy and we was happy we wouldn't do anything else but be happy we accept the days as they come and as they are day by day until you couldn't say there was any great hard time we overlooked it we didn't think nothing about it we just went along we had what it takes to make a good living and go about it so initially i'm just like i refuse to just accept things for how they are i don't think that we will ever be in a place and i'll ever be in a place where um I'll never have hard times. And I also think that it's important to challenge the systems around us. Like if something is bullshit, I'm going to call it out for it's bullshit. I'm not going to accept it just because things have been way worse for me in the past doesn't mean that I'm going to uh, stay stagnant where I am because things are significantly better and I got to be grateful, et cetera, et cetera. So when I read this, I'm like, again, Dr. Hooks, what are you telling me right now? Because this feels like a huge slap in the face because I refuse to just accept things for how they are. But then I realized that literally, Tosh, a few days ago, you were journaling about how you quite literally have to accept things for how they are. And I had to remind myself that I don't think Dr. Hooks is telling me that I can't challenge systems, that I have to be satisfied with where I am in life, and that I can't want more for myself because that's not the case. And I'm pretty sure Dr. Hooks didn't spend her life settling for things, right? But rather... There are just many things in my life that I have to learn to accept. For example, COVID, the Omicron variant, being back at home, um, some of the relationships in my life that may never grow to be what I want them to be specifically, I have to accept them all. I have to accept that I am no longer the person that I once was when I started college. I'm no longer the person that I was when I was in high school and to accept my capacity in life and in work is something that I really have to do. Um, and even when I'm operating from a much lower capacity these days, which is so, so hard for me because I'm not used to it, but I'm learning to adjust and to accept. Um, again, the person I am now, I'm going to keep saying it because it's the truth. Um, and I think that when I really come to a place of acceptance, um, it allows me to look around at the life that I am currently living. And I really do think that I, I really do love my life. Um, and things aren't perfect by any means. And there are many just maker level things that I'll never understand. And I don't think I'll ever be able to come to true peace with. And I think that I know that there are many injustices in the world. And a lot of things are just unfair to me. And I do think that a lot of things happen at random. For example... A person who's living out on the street and they're homeless is it's random and that that very well could have been me but it's not think about jeff bezos one of the richest people on this planet again it's random it very well could have been my sister but it's not and so just thinking about like how unfair things are and how random things are and just not being able to understand them completely it really really just has me spinning so much especially at nighttime but I think just overall, when I don't consider those things as much, it just feels so weird not to consider them because it's a reality. And I can't just be like, everything's great, you know? Uh, I don't know. It's hard. It's kind of hard for me to explain it. But, um, and then also, so Hooks noted how, um, I think just in general, when you think about life prior to the Industrial Revolution, the creation of factories, the creation of the 40-hour work week, and before capitalism really became a part of our everyday lives. So a few hundred years ago now, farming was a part of so many of um, our ancestors' lives. Um, and it, um, in many ways, was a simple life, in a sense. I obviously am living in this century, and so I can't say that things were simple for my ancestors back in the day prior to enslavement. Um, but I can imagine some ways that things were much simpler. And I think just really trying to come home to 
a simple life because if we're being honest, that's all I want for myself is a relatively simple life, a life where my values are being upheld each and every day. I don't need the extravagant life. I don't need the big house, the fancy cars, the family, the kids, the the partner, um, the, the fancy extravagant vacations and showing things off for social media. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of luxuries in life that I want for myself and I will have for myself, but even if I don't get a vast majority of those things, I know that I will be okay. And I don't know, when I think about this quote, it just acceptance resonates with me deeply. So with that being said, um, I do want to once again express my gratitude um, to my ancestors for their guidance, their support and their wisdom. Um, I'm grateful for their presence in my life. Um, I am really trying to get closer with them especially given that I am trying to figure out what it is that I believe in that's much bigger than myself and that's much bigger than this tangible world around me it is hard for me because I feel like you know I do believe in the words and I believe in the people who I know existed that I've been able to see on television that I see around me when I listen to the podcast. Those are all real people and real things, real experiences. And it's hard for me to believe in something that I can't directly speak to or that hasn't directly spoken to me. Um, But I do think that especially when things start to get very abstract and confusing and way too maker level for me to understand and piece together, um, I do need to kind of find something to believe in and don't rush myself and don't rush the process of finding something to believe in um but I do want to get closer to my ancestors and I want to feel their presence in my life and I think of many ways that I do I do believe that I am one of my ancestors most wildest dreams which feels amazing I feel like a lot of us are a lot of us black folks are um and yeah I think I recently decided that I want to believe in the ancestors and their presence um and their guidance their love and their support and their wisdom and i'm really just trying to call out to them more i i suppose invite them into my dreams into my life i invite them to walk with me to talk with me to run with me to cry with me to just be with me and i want them to stay um so with that being said i think that the ans- the words that the ancestors really um want me to take as i go into this year and this day this exact moment is firstly freedom i will fly away and i will be free secondly reconciliation i will make peace with my past life experiences and people so that i am free to be whole well and always healing today and moving forward and then thirdly acceptance i will accept what no longer is and what will no longer be i have a good life and i have an abundance of things so that was kind of the first part of my reflection and really good stuff without a doubt like I'm feeling very good very much at peace and I think one kind of um thing that I would like to do differently with this year in reflection is I want to come back to this reflection time and time again like I generally want to read my three words of the year every day and so I'm really I'm trying to find a way to do that I was thinking about putting them on a document just printing them out maybe purchasing like a little box or finding a box around the house and keeping that box with me so that I can just fold up those pieces of paper and I can look at those words every day and those are kind of I want these actually to be my affirmation so I think that's what I want to do slow down Tash I think that's what I'm going to do Um, I'm going to have these be my daily affirmations so maybe I'll make it my screensaver I don't know yet. Um, I'm looking forward to figuring out what I want to do, though. <laughs> but we're neither here nor there. But I do want to go into the next part of my year in reflection, which is successes of the year. And I have it all typed out. So I'm going to kind of like read through what I have as well as expand on them to the extent that I want to. So I this past spring, I had a research internship. It was virtual or remote with an organization called Survivor Corps. And it wasn't like the best internship in the world by any means, but it was a, a grassroots organization that focused on supporting COVID-19 survivors as well as contributing to the research around COVID-19 and especially long COVID, um, which is basically... Um, 
something that up to 30% of the individuals who get COVID have. Um, and it's characterized by having all sorts of um, new physical and mental symptoms that they didn't have prior to getting COVID, but they have it months after their initial diagnosis and no longer having it. So that was really cool to engage with new people, um, to do different work. And it was it, it was research, which I'm, I, I do think that I enjoy like community-based research um, and like outreach and stuff like that. And it was also like my first health and medicine-based experience outside of the nursing home, which is something that I really wanted for myself last year. And I think being able to experience that, even though it wasn't during the most ideal times, given that it was virtual, it was in the spring. Um, again, I think I just made the most out of it. And so that was nice and it was meaningful work. And that's always important to me. Um, again, I didn't, love it per se but I did something that contributed to um, COVID-19 and that hopefully made a difference in at least one person's life and that's really all I could ask for in the work that I in the service-based work that I do. I also spent a lot of time with my nieces and my nephew this past um, this past spring specifically and it was during very like challenging times and it was tiring um, and it wasn't during the most ideal circumstances, but like these are the years that I just will never get back with them. And eventually they're gonna be teenagers and y'all know teenagers don't want nothing to do with adults. I know as a teenager and even now as a young adult, there are just some adults that I just don't want anything to do with. If we're being honest, it's like pulling teeth with teenagers. Uh, so yeah, I'm just trying to suck it all up now and just really growing closer with them and just seeing them grow yet another year into just extremely bright, unique and intelligent and beautiful individuals. It's so beautiful and I love being an auntie and I think it's one of uh, one of my greatest blessings if we're being honest. Um, and I love the relationship that I have with them. Another success, I got vaccinated and boosted. Um, and while it was very scary because I do live with unvaccinated individuals and a lot of folks in my family um, um, aren't vaccinated and or are anti-vaxxers but we're not going to talk about that at all and I think it could be so easy to have the anxieties of other people projected onto you and influence your decision but I am so proud of myself for being firm in my decision to get vaccinated I do not regret it it was and is the most morally and ethically thing to have done during a pandemic and so I'm proud of myself for that um, the summer semester was also like a pretty good semester looking back um I spent a shit ton of time with the black community and I also just got halfway through my Overland journey, which was so exciting. I'm so proud of myself and time flies and oh my goodness, it was just, it was a good time overall and the semester also just felt normal um, due to the high number of vaccinations, being able to just have fun with people um, and I just felt like it was my first time having a really good time since the pandemic started a year prior. Um, I also visited DC that summer and I saw so many great black staples and I just had a shit ton of fun in DC y'all and I had visited DC um, back in actually just kidding I don't remember the year but I was in high school and I visited with my family and it wasn't the most enjoyable experience if you're being honest I just am not very close with my family and I was a different person in high school um, for sure and I don't know I didn't have the most amazing time but when I went with the folks at my school, it was so much fun, y'all. Um, and I also visited Philadelphia for the first time, as well as I just went to Pennsylvania for the first time last year. Um, even though it's not too far, it was still just really nice seeing something outside of Ohio. And when I went to Philadelphia, I went to Made in America, which was a music festival. And I just saw so many artists in person. And even though a lot of us were a little bit anxious because there were so many people there not wearing masks and the pandemic was still a thing, it's still a thing. Um, but we made sure to stay clear of any crowds because that was that could have potentially been a super spreader event. Um, but it was still such an amazing experience seeing so many cool people like Kehlani, Doja Cat, Lil Durk, Lil Baby, um, a host of other people. It was so many. The lineup was crazy. Uh, Bobby Shmurda. So, yeah. It was a good time without a doubt. And then I also saw Flo Millie in person. And that time I was close as hell to Flo Millie. Damn near touched the girl. Um, it was it was so good. Like I cannot believe I saw Flo Millie in concert that close. It was such a great time. I really enjoyed myself. 
I also fell back in love with reading this past year, especially romance novels. And I think if I count it correctly, I read five books throughout 2021 and it's definitely quality over quantity, but I can't say that five books isn't that many books. But for me, given how avid of a reader I was growing up and then to have fell off during my later years of high school and in college, it just felt so good to read books again. And especially, um, I did read a few nonfiction books, but also just reading fiction books and reading books about romance. It just, it felt good and I feel good and I'm so happy and I'm hoping to really continue with this reading streak in 2022 and who knows, maybe I'll read even more, but that doesn't matter as long as I continue reading and I enjoy what I'm reading. I also vlogged consistently throughout the fall semester, which I am so, so, so proud of. Um, and I've just grown so much as a vlogger and content creator and just seeing yourself grow on screen in that way it being able to pinpoint the ways that you've grown. I mean, I'm getting more comfortable in front of the camera. I'm learning about the content that I want to put out more. I'm getting better with the thumbnails. It's just so many different things and I'm proud of myself for it. And really being able to lean into the things that I really love to do is so nice, especially during a time where I just felt as though I wasn't doing many things that brought me happiness. And then in alignment with that, I started my podcast um, as well as dropping pre-med. And so I think that starting my podcast and dropping pre-med were two of the most freeing things I did of 2021. And while I have a shit ton of successes from this past year, which was so nice to see and reflect upon, I think those two were the highlights of my year, for being honest. Like, I I feel amazing. And then I also started antidepressants to treat ADHD symptoms such as concentration, overstimulation for my environment, mood fluctuations, all that good stuff. And it's made all the difference in the world for me personally. I'm happy that I made that decision grateful for the person that I'm working with to have been able to supply me with it with my meds um it's just it's wild because you become so accustomed especially as black folks who we um suffer from and cope with a host of mental health challenges and developmental behavioral disorders and disabilities just as much as white folks do but for many, many reasons, we aren't diagnosed and treated with them to the extent that we should be treated with them. And so for a lot of us, we do a lot of masking and we learn to cope with the ways that we're quote unquote different. Well, we are different in that respect. Um, and so when I started taking meds, it was just so crazy to see that um, the way that I functioned beforehand wasn't normal and no one should have to cope in that way and function in that way you know so really grateful to have started taking meds um i also started working back in the classroom as an america counts tutor or a math tutor within the oberlin public school district and i just love working with kids so much and i really love my job as a tutor and I hope I can get back to the classroom next semester. We'll see with COVID and everything. But the kids were so sweet and they loved me and they would give me hugs. And they're just so kind and bright and so many different personalities and a diverse group of students. And um, I just loved it. I really did. And I could definitely see myself working as a tutor and volunteering in that way for the long run, you know. Um Another success from this past year is that I finally understand how it is I want to be loved and supported. And it took me such a long time to figure that out and to realize that being loved and supported by people is an amazing, amazing feeling. And it just makes me want to love and support you even more. And it feels great. And now that I know my worth in that way, I don't want to be bothered with the people who are incapable of loving me in that way, who are capable of supporting me in that way and being there for me in that way and just isn't an overall positive influence in my life, which is why I also think that I am in a place in my life where I know I am really ready for drastic change such as um, 
starting just a new chapter in my life in terms of graduating from Oberlin and hopefully moving out, leaving the state, et cetera, et cetera. But we're not rushing it because all we have is the now and the now is the only thing that's real and that is promised to me. But that was, it was just really great to finally realize that for myself. Um, I was also promoted at work um, and I just really love my job at school and it pays well. So that's exciting. Um, I also had my first actual romantic um, experience over this past summer and I'm not going to go into detail about it because for whatever reason, I don't feel comfortable going into detail about my romantic life and encounters. And that's completely fine. I do think that as I grow as a podcaster and once some of these experiences aren't as fresh and new, I'll talk more about them. But overall, it was a good experience and very, very happy to have had it. I also cut all of my hair off and I feel like a bad bitch. I am a bad bitch. Um, and all the bad bitches cut their hair at least one time in their life. <laughs> and uh, I have a bald fade, actually. And I think that I will never grow my hair back, if we're being honest. Like, if anything, I'll just purchase wigs. Um, but I think that this is a really great protective style. I can dye it. And I just look really damn good with my hair cut off in this way. Um, so we're keeping the bald fade forever. So a host of successes from this past year, y'all really great successes and great times and memories and smiles and laughs. And now to talk about some of the challenges of this year. Um, so COVID and within itself is <laughs> a recurring challenge. Um, and so because of COVID, I had to do a three semester calendar. So I had to do the summer semester, which was a good semester in many ways, but also really difficult in many ways. Um, I know I mentioned that I started to experience depression and I was also just frequently in crisis mode about my academic or career trajectory over the summer, which wasn't a great feeling at all and just feeling conflicted and just not knowing what the hell was going on with myself, with my life and where the hell I was going. Um, also because of COVID, I was home for much longer than I would have liked. And y'all know how I feel about being home. <laughs> and then the Omicron variant, which was something that recently hit the States at the end of 2021. And just everything being up in the air once again, and uh, being able, not being able to mentally adjust as quickly as I would have hoped and as quickly as I would have liked, um, was definitely hard for me. And it is hard for me. And I'm just unsure of what, you know, this this year and the next few months will hold because of this variant because of COVID in general and so that's a challenge that I and you know so many other people and everyone honestly is experiencing another challenge for me was falling out of love with Oberlin and out of love with school in general um I've just really over the past few months have found myself having difficulty with being present and practicing gratitude and finding enjoyment in my present moments and where I am in life, which very frustrate, which frustrates me a lot. And when I do try to practice gratitude, when I try and find enjoyment in where I am in life right now, it just makes me more depressed. It makes me more sad and it doesn't make me excited. And I'm not enjoying the things that I used to enjoy, I feel like, and it just feels forced. And so I found myself really romanticizing um, life after Oberlin, essentially. So going away to grad school and moving out of Ohio because I will be moving out of this state. I cannot do it anymore at all. I feel like I have kind of peaked in terms of how much I will grow by living here. And I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. I am so checked out of this space and this environment and this state and this city. Um, I'm like, excited to have my own space and my own apartment and while I know I will have to take out loans for grad school um, which I'm not particularly excited about but I've accepted it um, and I'm going to be wise with it and everything but like I'm so excited to have my own space and to just experience another part of the world another part of my life um, but I also have to re remind myself that I once romanticized undergrad and while it still has been a pretty good experience and much better than my experiences in high school, um, I'm two years in, two and a half years in, and I am ready for something else, like I'm ready to move on. And so it just really goes to show that we can romanticize our future lives all we want to, but at the end of the day, having expectations of what the future will look like will set you up, can set you up for failure. It, it won't necessarily will. 
we can romanticize something and want something, desire something and work towards something. And it may very well be exactly what it is that we want and need, but it may very well not be the case. You know, you just never know what it is that you're hoping for and praying for. And I never want to hope and pray for something that will fuck me up in the end. And that will just be an overall awful experience, you know? So it's scary. And so Overall, for me, it's like I'm not finding a lot of enjoyment in the present, afraid of the future and telling myself that, oh, what if everything goes to shit in the future? And so it's like, damn, what do I have to live for, essentially, you know? And I'm not saying that to, um, I'm not saying that in a a self-deprecating, suicidal way, but just in general, like, (laughs) like, what the fuck is happening, you know? Um, And I guess in alignment with that, just finding motivation to do school in general, um, don't get me wrong, I am not dropping out. Not an option for me at all. Like, I literally, right now, I have nothing else writing or I have nothing else going for myself but school. Well, I'm not going to say that. When it comes to securing financial um, security, school is my way out. And don't get me wrong, I'm excited to go to grad school and pursue public health. And I do generally believe that the classes I'm going to take in grad school are going to be classes that I really enjoy. Like I've read through a list of the classes at the school that I really, um, that is my number one choice at the moment. And I just know that I'm going to learn so much. And even though I don't love the way that school is organized and I don't think we get enough time to really sit with what we're learning because of all of life stressors and the pressures and just the way that um life is organized in the states (laughs) and so I'm gonna get my bachelor's degree without a doubt um and I'm excited for it I'm, I'm so happy to be a first generation college student and to be um taking up space in these inaccessible places And that's great, but I just, I just know that I just want so much more for myself, I suppose. And I feel like the things that I want for myself, like, for example, I really, I see myself becoming a creative entrepreneur and I think I want that for myself. So when I think about podcasting and being a YouTuber, one day having my own sustainable clothing brand and, you know, so many other things. It just kind of overshadows where I am now. And I do think that I have to do some more reflecting and journaling. And I just, I have to practice being present. And I have to practice telling myself that I am literally doing all of these things now to set me up for that place in my life, hopefully, if and when I get there. But it doesn't mean that I don't have days where I'm just like, this is not what my heart desires anymore. And I just hate participating in anything that's organized whether it's school or um work culture and capitalism and just so many other things like I just want to be a free spirit I want to be free from everything and everyone and it's just hard when I don't feel like I'm free from those things um and yeah so that's hard just finding motivation to do to do things that I don't want to do anymore another challenge um that I had experience in 2021 was being mentally unwell both at school and at home and just basically at any environment that I'm in which is mostly school or home and Oberlin was Oberlin once was a place where I felt like mentally well overall and I was always excited to go back and to be in that space and be on campus but I recently haven't been feeling that way and granted Oberlin is so small it's in a small rural area not much to do and things it just gets old after a while you know but still just it's definitely a challenge for me because I feel like I'm in a place where I have to dig so deep within me to find inner peace and to be at peace with myself um which is important regardless of the environment that you're in but it just makes it significantly more difficult to just be mentally well because I tweeted this the other day like there's just only so much inner peace one could have before losing their shit when they're in a when they're in an environment that they don't find to be peaceful um and I also just dealt with a bunch of familial challenges over this past year which I'm not going to go into detail about um or at least not yet maybe I'll do so in the future but it'll be hopefully many years before I talk about that so publicly um but 
it's definitely been hard and a lot of the the decisions that I make now um, my nieces and my nephew and my sister are like at the forefront of all of those decisions because when it comes to family those are the ones who um uh I don't want to sound like a evil person like I want to say they mean the most to me but they're exceedingly important to me let's just put it that way and they without a doubt um influence the decisions that I make and that's okay but it can definitely still be hard when considering just considering a whole bunch is all so I think when I think about the challenges that I experienced over this past year I feel like it was like some maker level things and some typical 20 something year old things that we go through you know so that kind of makes me feel good and that I know I'm not the only one going through that like trying to figure her shit out trying to figure out what I want to do academically career-wise realizing that the things you once loved before you don't love anymore uh familial challenges uh, mental health challenges as a black woman in this country so while my experiences are unique to me and I will never ever invalidate the things that I go through and that I am going through I do think that I am not going through things that the things I'm going through aren't things that other people aren't going through. So with that being said, I really do feel like 2020, 2021 was a great year for me. Like it most truly was, especially after making this list, because I wasn't sure whether or not it was a good year or not for me. Like I had to genuinely think, reflect about and intentionally think about what were my successes, what were the highlights and what were the challenges? And so it's funny because I think the challenges that I've experienced, I think that they impact me mentally way more than my successes. Some of my successes and highlights of the year were temporary. So for example, going to Made in America, it was a three-day thing. It was great. Don't get me wrong. I'm so happy to have done it, but it's not like I think about it every day. But with a lot of my challenges, they are challenges that I experience mostly every single day and they are mostly mental challenges whereas a lot of the things that I experienced that were good in 2021 were like physical and tangible experiences and with those experiences came really great uh like mental thoughts I suppose but it's hard to explain I hope y'all are picking up what I'm putting down but I think overall it was it was a good time uh, with all things considered and thinking about the things that I have access to. Like there's so many things that I would love to do. For example, I wish I could travel more, but the reality is for one COVID, but for two, I am just not in a financial position to travel how I would love to travel, unfortunately. And that's okay because I am paying for school all by myself. And I think like, for example, last year I paid like $5,000 out of my pocket for the entire school year this year it's about the same like five to six grand a year so it's like I am just so proud of myself for setting a goal to graduate undergrad debt free and to know that that will be my reality and I think I am putting off some experiences so that I can say I graduated undergrad debt free um and it, it can be it can be confusing sometimes because it's like I want to live in the now and if I have the money to do certain things now I'd rather paid to go on a trip than pay for school but at the same time like I given that things were not great at all for my family and I growing up financially I just want to make better financial decisions than the people around me made and I see avoiding debt as one of those decisions and building my credit so it really is about like staying down till you come up you know um and just trying to figure out like what you really value and so I'm hoping to plan an international trip for uh, my graduation and I am willing to maybe use my credit card for things that I probably don't have the money for at that exact time. But even then, that gives me so much anxiety. So I don't know. We'll see. But I do want to travel more. Um, but I know I'm, very, I'm getting very close to being in that place in my life. And so we're being patient. Um <laughs> But like other than that, like I'm really satisfied with the way that things are going. Oh, and I also want to get the fuck out of Ohio. <laughs> I've been here my entire life. I'm going to school here. But again, just being patient. I know that my time is coming. It's all about being present, acceptance, gratitude, but also realizing the ways that you just are not satisfied with your life. That is completely fine too. You got to be honest with yourself. But um, 
I think that the good outweighs the bad for the most part. For the most part. <laughs> Some days are definitely worse than others, but we're good. And I think we're happy. We definitely have inner joy. I'm feeling good. So with that being said, some things that I'm looking forward to for this year, but I don't have any expectations for by any means because expectations may very well set us up for failures and for um, not so many great feelings. So no expectations, but these are some of the things that I would like to manifest and that I would like to hone in on and focus my energy on if all goes well. Um, so I'm really looking forward to growing my creative platforms. Um, while these are hobbies of mine and things that I love doing, such as my podcast channel and my YouTube channel, um, and I don't want to monetize everything that I do, but it would be amazing to get paid to do the things that you love. So I am excited to grow my creative platforms. I, I want to have more subscribers. I want to have more listeners on my podcast and maybe I should just set more smart goals, but I don't want to put that pressure on me because at the end of the day, when it comes to being financially secure, school is what I have to prioritize at the moment or what I am choosing to prioritize at the moment. But I'm still going to engage with this podcast channel, my YouTube channel for the long run because it is my act of resistance. It helps me feel free. Um, and these are things that I love doing. And I also want to get to you journaling more. Over the past few months, I've been journaling consistently basically every day. And while this is more like a self-wellness thing for me as opposed to a creative platform, I do kind of talk about the things that I journal about. Because um, I think about all sorts of things. And honestly, I created this podcast just to talk about my many, many thoughts. I also want to continue spending time with the people that I love and really continue tending to and growing those relationships. Uh, meaningful relationships has become significantly more important to me. And so I really want to continue growing those things. I'm also excited for next semester. Um, I'm excited to take medical sociology and clinical neuroscience and debates in African-American education part two. Like I'm just really 100% at the moment satisfied with my academic schedule for next semester. I'm not dreading them by any means. And I know that, I know for sure clinical neuro may not be the easiest thing in the world, but I know that I'll be, I'll enjoy the topic. And that's the most important thing, like enjoying what I'm learning, even if it's hard and I'm going to gain so much. I just know I am. I am saying it. I'm claiming it now. I'm also really looking forward to slash slash am crossing my fingers for knocking on wood for in-person summer internships. Like I'm so fucking excited. I love me a good summer internship, y'all. And hopefully I am manifesting it now. I will be engaging in a public health internship program out of the state next summer, making good money too. Those internships pay good and all the accommodations are covered. So that's the goal. That's the plan. And it is so. And then I'm also just really excited to uh, start my senior year. Well, first of all, finish off my junior year of college, <laughs> but I'm excited to start my senior year and all the things that it's going to entail of, you know, I have this plan to do senior pictures um, during the summer or like right before the fall semester starts. I'm going to get a wig. I'm going to do outfit changes. I'm going to have my makeup done. Um, get all dialed up like I'm so excited for those things um, hopefully plan a post-grad trip maybe with some friends with my sister we'll see how all of that goes applying to graduate school that's exciting you know it sounds scary but at the end of the day like life goes on and I'm excited to uh, have those experiences and partake in those things and of course making more memories with my friends before we say our see you laters and our farewells um, and then most importantly the thing that I'm looking forward to this year is breathing being living and releasing any and all expectations and being mentally and physically healthy so with that being said i did the last portion of my reflection i titled it final words to myself looking forward and it's kind of a letter to myself and i think it's a really beautiful letter and i am open to sharing the letter with you guys so i'm going to read it now I'm going to breathe first because I do. I'm talking faster. I'm getting more excited, which is fine. But I'm really trying to slow down my speech as much as possible and try not to get so overstimulated and excited. Well, it's okay to get excited, but I'm going to breathe for a little bit. All right, let's read this letter to myself. Tosh, I love you and I will always love you the most. 
I don't know what our future holds, and I wish I could express how hopeful I am for it, but I am truly unsure. I want to be honest with you because the longest relationship anyone will ever have is with themselves, and all healthy relationships are built on trust and honesty. But Tosh, if there is one thing that I am sure of, it is you. I am sure of your ability to rise above each and every challenge that you're faced with. I am sure that you will never stop fighting for a life of true freedom and satisfaction. I am sure that you will come home to your breath as often and as frequently as need be. I am sure that you will always put your best foot forward, which looks different every day. I am sure that you will always put yourself before any other person, job, and school. I am sure that you will care for yourself in a gentle manner, both mentally and physically. I am sure of your resilience, persistence, your softness, your strength, your tears, your laughter, your outer and inner beauty. I am sure of your moments of doubt and fear. I am sure of the moments that you feel unstoppable, unbeatable, unfuckwittable, and untouchable. I am sure of your existence, your livelihood. Tosh, I will always be sure of you. Remember, your thoughts are just thoughts. You get to pick and choose which ones to water and grow and which ones will not be your reality. Remember, you are never alone just because you feel lonely. You are loved by the people who need to be in your life, not to ever worry about those who are incapable of doing so. Remember, the grass is greener where you water it. Remember to romanticize every single moment of your life because it most truly is a good enough life because it's yours. Tosh, please remember who you are, the places you've been, and the people that you've met. Hold on to the moments that make you feel the most you. And finally, remember your words for the year. Freedom, reconciliation, acceptance. Now, breathe in. Breathe out. My little love. You may never understand how deeply in love that I am with you. XOXO, Tosh. So with that being said, I'm going to close off with my um, quote for this podcast. I hope y'all enjoyed it. It was a good one to record, a fun one to record. I feel like I experienced a shit ton of emotions um, and reactions while recording this podcast. There were times where I was talking calmly and slowly and you could tell that I was in a state of deep reflection. There were times when I started talking extremely fast. You could tell I was really, really excited. Um, And it really, it really is representative of who I am as a person. <laughs> I am so many things all at once, like within the same hour, you can get so many different Toshes and they're all me. Um, it just depends on what we're talking about and how I feel at that exact moment. And I have no issue with expressing how I feel and making it known. But let's go to the random number generator and read a quote from Pinterest. All right, friends, so here's the quote for this podcast. It's hard having a mental illness when you're high functioning. It's hard having a mental illness anyway, but when you're high functioning, it's like people believe you even less. Just because you work, leave the house, and make money doesn't mean you aren't suffering. So yeah, with that, thank you guys for tuning into this podcast, and stay tuned for part two to my favorite books and authors at 20. And have a very, very happy, prosperous new year.